I'm pulling out of the parking lot. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. And I had a mail package from my daughter at college. Okay, so today's topic was something recommended for my blog. I'm going to talk about the languages of magic. So magic is printed in many different languages, uh, and I'm going to talk all about it. Now, the interesting challenge of today's podcast is, well, I definitely know more than most of you know about us printing in other languages. Um, it is not my area of expertise, so we're going to see if I can get a whole podcast out of it. I think I can, um, but we'll see. Uh, obviously, if you guys are hearing this, then I did, but uh, so uh, whenever I, I attempt this, I don't know whether it'll fail or not, but if you guys are hearing it, it means I, I didn't fail. So hopefully you're hearing this because I, I would like to have this. It's a good topic. Okay, so let's start with a trivia question, which is, how many languages is Magic the Gathering printed in currently? Uh, and the answer, I'll give you a second to answer. Okay, the answer is 11. 11 languages. Can you name all 11 languages? Well, I will. Um, obviously, it's printed in English. That's the easy one. Uh, it's printed in Chinese, but two different versions of Chinese. Chinese simplified and Chinese traditional. Now, I don't know a lot about Chinese, but it's just there's different ways that you can write the language. Um, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Portuguese, Russian, and Spanish. So those are the 11 languages. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of us getting into other languages and explain some stories about uh, how we make cards in other languages and just generally talk about what it's like to make a product that's made in so many different languages. Okay, so let's start with the, uh, the history of other languages. Okay, so go way back to 1993. The game starts. It is printed in English. So the original Magic Alpha, you know, uh, limited edition, only exists in English. So if you remember the story of Magic is uh, when it first starts, it's mostly on the West Coast. Uh, Wizards of the Coast is based on the West Coast, and um, Peter does, uh, Peter Atkinson, the original CEO of Wizards, does a drive up and down the West Coast to sort of sell the product. And the... Most of the early part of Magic was sold on the West Coast. But very quickly, it becomes this popular thing. It makes a splash at Gen Con. And quickly spreads from West Coast to East Coast. It spreads across the country. Well, it's not long that it starts spreading beyond that. Um, Now, the tricky thing... So the way that Magic works is, at least at the time, was we had one printer. The printer was in Belgium. um, And we printed in English. Uh, but other countries came to us, and they were interested in also um, producing magic. Now, there are a couple of challenges to other countries. One was we needed distribution in those countries. You know, most of the people we dealt with were American distributors, and so they didn't have any reach in any country outside of America. Um, so it required us to deal with some other um, distributors and such. And so it required us... So really what we did in the early days is we had to find a company to work with uh, and we would find a company native to that country, someone who could distribute the product. Um, and a secondary that meant that, look, if we wanted to be in other countries, well, not all those other countries spoke English, we needed to start printing magic into other languages. Um, so uh, at the time, Wizards had a department called International, um, run by a man named John Jordan, for those that want really obscure trivia. Um, and the idea was that They were trying to expand magic, and expanding magic, you know, obviously meant having to go into other languages, but the idea was, well, how many languages do we need to be in? So the first person that we struck a deal with 
was Italy. It was a, a distributor in Italy. I don't know all the names of the distributors, so um, I'm just going to talk about the countries and languages. I apologize. Uh, like I said, this is not my area of expertise, so I don't have all the names necessarily. But the first person we dealt with was um, a distributor in Italy. Uh, they had seen the game. I'm not sure whether they had come to Gen Con or whether they'd seen it at Essen. Essen's uh, like the biggest game convention in Europe. Yeah, a game convention. Um, and so they wanted to print. So uh, also we got early bites from France and from Germany. Um, Germany, for those who know, is the home of Essen. Uh, Germany per capita, like game playing is just really, really big in Germany. Game playing in Germany is kind of like the movies in the U.S., which is like everybody plays games. It's just very much part of the culture. Uh, if you're aware of board games, how there's a lot of German board games, it's just because there's a very robust uh, board game market in Germany. And so that there's just a lot of games made for the German market, many of which now have come over to the, the U.S. market. Um, but anyway, the earliest bites, the, the very first bite we got was Italian. And then short thereafter, we got French and German. So I think the first thing to come out in other languages, I believe, was revised. So if you guys remember, uh, it was limited edition, that's alpha and beta, then unlimited edition, that was alpha and beta, but in white border rather than black border, and then revised was third edition. Um, so the uh, French, German, and Italian were the three languages that showed up in revised. Um, and then Italian went back, and they, uh, Italy, uh, Italy was the first place, the Italian was the first place where we printed the first um, Magic Expansions... Not not a corset, but the first magic expansions ever printed in Italian, I said ever printed were printed in Italian. Uh, the Dark I think got released first, and then uh, Ice. I'm uh, sorry. Then Legends got released. Um, so Legends Legends exists in English and Italian, as does the Dark. Those are, those are the only two languages those are in. Um, once you get to revise, then you get English, French, German, and Italian. Um, we'll, so we'll get there in a second. So the interesting thing about uh, because Italy was really pumped to get magic in it. And so they actually went backwards. Uh, Revised came up, and then they went back, and they printed the dark, and then went back, I believe, and printed... Um, um, and then they printed uh, Legends. Legends came out after the dark, I believe, in Italian. Um, the other thing to mention is, uh, this was not... Um, these products early on did not come out at the same time. Now, whenever we print something, if, even if it's another language, it comes out all at the same time. We have one worldwide release date. Uh, at the time, that wasn't true. So when I say revised was in French, German, and Italian, uh, it was put out at different times. Um, it wasn't as if there was one release in all three languages. Each language is the first thing they put out, but they were staggered. Like I said, I think Italian came out first. And I'm not sure between French and German, which it came out second. One of them came out second, the other one came out um, third. Um, and Italian, because it got the jump, also ended up being in the dark and ended up being in Legends. Um, the interesting thing from uh, in the U.S. market is uh, Italian Legends came out a bit later. And Legends at the time, for those that know the history, Legends came and went super fast. Um, the story I always tell is I was into magic at the time. I went to the store where I bought my magic. I waited in line the morning to, for it to open. I bought, I think I bought two boxes of Legends, then went home, opened them up, then went right back to the store and bought a third box of Legends, 
opened it up, then went back to the store again and bought a fourth box of Legends, which I think I didn't open up. I saved. Um, and I believe the, the, the store owner, the person I dealt with, had gone really, really into magic, and he had bought so much that it actually lasted for a couple days. Um, there's actually a very funny... Uh, there's a post that I made uh, on um, the Usenet way back when, when uh, the store owner, he really believed in magic and bought a lot, but he bought enough that his local uh, store had not bought all his legends. And so I actually posted a post on the Usenet, the early version of the internet, basically, uh, and said, hey, if you're looking for legends and you can't find any, I have a store that will sell them to you. Um, and I uh, gave them information. Anyway, you can still find that. I, someone dug that up uh, not too long ago. It was on Reddit. Anyway, um, so Italian came out, then French and German came out. Um, once Ice Age came out, Ice Age added uh, Portuguese and Spanish. Now, once again, we're still saying mostly in Europe. Remember, we were printing the cards in Belgium at uh, Cardamundi, and so um, it wasn't hard to get the cards to Europe. They were actually printed in Europe. We, um, so we were able to then get them. Uh, I believe still all the early printing was still done at Cardamundi. Um, but once we had other languages... That added another wrinkle into the mix, which is we needed to get translation. So uh, in the early days, um, I think the way it worked originally was we would deal with a company that would be the distributor for that market. And then I think in the early days, the distributors provided the, provided the translators, I think is how it worked. Um, we later brought them in-house, and now they worked for Wizards. Like, there was a period where they didn't work for Wizards. They w- worked for the company that printed the cards in their language. Um, but now we take care of all the languages, so that got brought in-house many years ago. Um, so, well, let, let, let me finish walking through the history of the release of languages, and then I'll talk about how do we make a card in other languages. I'll get to that. Okay, so Revise had French, German, Italian. Ice Age had French, German, Italian, Portuguese, and Spanish. Uh, fourth edition is when we added in um, Chinese, traditional, Korean, and Japanese, I believe. Um, so we tended to like introducing new languages in the core set because we needed an introductory product. Oh, I, for- I forgot. Um, uh, let me finish the thought. I'll get back. Uh, we needed, we liked starting with in, in a core set because we wanted an introductory product to get people into the game. And we felt like a core set was the best way to do that. So we tend to introduce, um, we tend to introduce new languages in the core set. Um, for example, revised, get inter- I mean, sorry, French, German, Italian get introduced in revised, third edition. Um, Chinese, uh, traditional, and Korean, and Japanese. Oh, oh, Portuguese and Spanish were unique in that they got introduced in Ice Age, which I think that's the only languages that weren't introduced in a core set. Uh, fourth edition introduced Japanese, Chinese traditional, and Korean. Uh, fifth edition introduced uh, Chinese simplified. And ninth edition introduced Russian. So Russian was actually the last uh, language of the current languages to be added. Um, and that got added in ninth edition. In fact, uh, the interesting thing about that was... Um, that there was not a lot of ninth edition made in Russian, and so that is actually ninth uh, edition Russian cards are actually pretty rare. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about what it takes to print in other languages. Uh, and there's two major issues at hand. 
One is the translation and one is the printing. So we'll talk about each of those things. Okay, so um, R&D will work on the set. We'll get it designed. We'll, you know, we'll go through vision design, set design, play design. Uh, and eventually the last thing that R&D does when it touches it is the editing. So editing needs to make a, a finalized um, card list so that um, they can pass it along to our graphics department to start making the cards, to start laying out the cards. Um, but as soon as editing hands off the cards, um, it needs to go to editing. I'm sorry, as soon as editing hands off the cards, it needs to go to the translators because there's work to be done. They have to translate into another language. Um, and the way it works is uh, we provide a lot of information. Um, part of editing's job is there's a bunch of things that need to get provided for editing to do their job, some of which are pretty straightforward, you know, the card text and rules text and stuff. But some things are a little more subtle. Um, there's some presentation stuff that gets explained. For example... Um, all the characters have to be gendered or explain what their gender is uh, because in some of the romantic languages, for example, um, the language would vary whether or not a character is male or female, for example. So um, for all the legendary characters, um, what an editing's job is to make sure that each thing gets explained. There's a bunch of things that when you translate, you have to understand. Um, and then the way it works is... Um, you know, we will give the files to the translators. The translators will have a certain amount of time to look over them. If they have questions, they can ask questions. Usually, the, uh, each translator has it. There's a translation department that, that, that funnels all this. Um, but each set, each language essentially has its own translator. Um, some languages, I think, that are big enough might have more than one translator, or some might rotate between translators. So different translators are working on different sets. Um, I don't know how long it takes to translate a normal size magic set, um, but it can take a while. Um, and part of it to remember is that in English, we spend a lot of time on the templating. Um, and so the translators, the translations not only have to worry about sort of what things are called, because, you know, they have to also figure out what, um, how, how the templating will work in their language. Um, and the reason templating is important is there's a lot of functional, um, like how the cards work, depend a lot on, on the, on it. Um, for for international play, for competitive international play, all cards are um, by the rules work as they're printed in English. Uh, just so there's well, the thing we didn't want is oh well I better get this language version of it because it's slightly different in its wording and that lets me use the cards slightly differently. So in competitive play, all cards match the functionality of their English version. Um, but anyway, there's a lot that goes into, you have to translate names, you have to translate flavor text, you have to translate rules text. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Some, um, some translators will... It's interesting. Um, one of the things that we have said to them with, with flavor text is they have some ability to be flexible with flavor text. Um, sometimes, depending on the set... And how important, like, the flavor text is story-related. They, they tend to keep those. But sometimes we, we make things that are more open-ended. Um, and the translators have the right, if they feel their market wouldn't understand the reference because it's something that's more, um, sometimes they will change it up a little bit. Uh, I do know back in the day when we printed um, corset cards that had quotes from officials, um, from, you know, 
real public domain sources. Sometimes other languages would swap it in for you know, books from um, native in their own language. You know, we would quote Shakespeare and they would quote somebody from, from um, uh, an author that was native in the language they were translating to. Um, now, uh, most sets nowadays get translated, but not everything gets translated to every language. Um, certain markets are just bigger. And so, one, oh, so that, like I said, there's two parts about the language. So one is translation. So we have to work with them to make sure that they are translated. Um, another problem, by the way, is that a few problems that translation runs into. Um, one of the biggest problems is that English is a very robust language, meaning that there are a lot of synonyms and other languages sometimes aren't quite as robust. Um, the biggest problem we've run into has to do with the dead. Um, English happens to have a lot of words for a thing that is dead or undead. Um, the other languages, some of them ha have much fewer. And so, you know, when we start saying, oh, it's a lich, it's a zombie, it's a ghoul, it's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to describe something. Some, some of the other languages have trouble of, they have less words to play around with. But they still have the issue of trying not to repeat names. Um, and uh, a common problem that'll run in is, A, either um, they'll want to name something, but the obvious name is a name they've used on a different card, or they want to name something, but the concept that, you know, the, the nuance of the word we're using isn't something in that language. And so it requires a little, you know, um, one of the things that's fun is if you take language, if you take some of the cards and take what they're translated and then translate them back, um, you know, there was a joke for a while that uh, one of the ways we can make new magic cards was translate them to other languages, then translate them back. Um, like one of the classics was Mil Millstone in Italian uh, uh, translated to Magic Stone Machine, which we thought was an awesome name. Um, we always joked about making a magic card called Magic Stone Machine. Anyway, so there's a lot of... Um, translation is a very complex thing. I, I've never done the translation. Um, and I, be, once again, this is one of those topics where I know more secondhand. Um, but one of the real challenges of making the product is that there is... Magic is not necessarily the easiest thing to, to, to translate, especially with the templating. Um, we tend to get translators that play magic. Um, I think in the early days we had some translators that didn't play magic, and that resulted in some weird translations. And so I think, I think our translators all play magic now. Um, I know back in the day there were some classic examples where some of our translators uh, were so strong that they would give notes uh, sometimes and that we would correct things uh, in English because they're like, oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, let's clarify that. And we would change stuff. In, and this is long, long ago. But um, anyway, so the other issue has to do with a production issue, which is um, when we choose uh, to make something, uh, there's a financial decision to be made, which is what is the smallest number of cards we can print that is a vi the product becomes viable to sell. Um, and with the large set, we print a lot of cards in the Magic's main expansion. So all of those really can get, you know, usually can get translated to all the languages. Um, but you start getting to supplemental sets and things that are a bit smaller. And some of those just don't financially make sense to print in more than, than well, to print in all the languages. So, for example, um, if the whole print runs of a certain size, 
you know, we know the percentage that each language is. Some languages literally just can't support it. It's not financially viable to print in that small a number. Um, the other thing is we have some rules about how many of a particular card exists. Um, we don't want any one unique card being too rare from, from a collector standpoint. Um, and there are some languages where uh, the rate at which they print in would be too little. Um, I know this problem pops up sometimes um, for premium, promotional, and alternate versions of cards where um, the main set pr- gets printed in high enough rarity that it's okay, but if we start doing something that gets printed in a low percentage within that rarity, it's not. So some of the times, some languages, the premium cards, for example, aren't in their native language but are in English. Um, because if we print it in the, in the, in the right percentages in, the, in that language, it just, there wouldn't be enough cards. It would, it would be, it's not cost-effective to print, and it causes rarity issues with the cards. There's just not enough of the card out there. So we have to be very careful of that. Um, and so one of the big things, uh, like uh, there was a big list online. I, I didn't copy it all down. But if you go and look, um, it's interesting to see that um, what languages, different things can vary quite a bit. Um, even today, there are some products, uh, for example, Unstable and the Unsets have only ever printed in English. Um, there's a lot of wordplay. You know, there's a lot of uh, things that get kind of tricky to, be, to put into other languages. So that product is printed in English. Um, where we have other products, like sometimes we have products that are printed just in um, you know, English and French and German and Italian um, and like Japanese. You know, it, it depends on where things are. The other interesting thing about languages is once we print it in a language, any other country that, is, that has that language is free to use it. In fact, for example, Portuguese, um, the country in which the most Portuguese cards are sold is not Portugal, uh, but Brazil, for example. Um, you know, South America mostly is uh, Spanish and Portuguese cards, and so um, that, that's a, a big portion of the Spanish and the Portuguese cards are sold in South America. Um, now, there's been discussions about one of the questions of how do you decide when a new language gets printed has a lot to do with demand. How many cards can we sell? How many cards can we print? Uh, and you know, is that enough that it's a, it, it, it can be self-sufficient and that is it, is it a big enough print run? Um, and we keep talking about other languages to go into. Um, part of it has to do with like density and stuff and part of it has to do with just other factors. Um, but it is something we, we keep looking at. Like I said, we've not added a new language since Russian, and that was a while ago. So we do not add new languages all that often now. Okay, so let me ask another trivia question. Okay, how many different languages have Magic Cards been printed in? Now, I told you that we normally print in 11 languages. So what I'm, the, the little click, trick here is, um, so the correct answer is 16. And the answer is, for a while, for pre-releases, we printed them in other languages. So, for example, we printed in Latin, in Classic Greek, in Sanskrit, in Arabic, and in Hebrew. Um, so, we, there, we, for pre-release cards, we've done different things at different times. And one of the gimmicks for a little while was printing them in other languages. Uh, and we printed them in languages that Magic had never been printed in. So, there are those five languages have a Magic card. They're a promo card, but have a card. Um, then, the other tricky one is, uh, how many Magic cards have been printed in a language 
um, or how many different languages have, have a magic card been printed in? Uh, and that gets one extra one, 17, uh, technically. Uh, there's a card in um, Unhinged called Adenle Igpe, um, and that is Latin pig in Latin, in pig Latin. Um, the card makes you talk in pig Latin, uh, and so the name was written in pig Latin. Um, in fact, I think, I think the whole card might be, I think the whole card is written in pig Latin. Um, I'm not sure how you want to call pig Latin as a language, but it is technically a language, sort of. I mean, it's a variant of English, I guess. Um, so, uh, there, like I said, there is talk about, I mean, we, from time to time comes up the idea of another language, but it really requires us getting a new market, and like I said, that doesn't happen that often. Um, there have been a few languages, like I know Korean, we started and stopped a couple times. Like, we started printing Korean, and then for a while we stopped printing Korean. Um, and I think Korean is one of those languages. I think Korean has the smallest print run, I think, of the languages we do. Um, and that that is one of the sets that, for example, for a while, uh, Korean only printed large sets and didn't print small sets. Um, I'm not quite sure how the Korean's done right now, but, um, you know, it really, what languages we handle, and uh, there's a lot of, it depends a lot on the individual market. And so on a case-by-case study, depending on what the set is, will vary on the languages. Um, another issue that's popped up in, uh, in translation is translation errors. Um, there, there's a market that really enjoys uh, collecting uh, what we call misprints. And uh, translation errors are considered a translation... Im- um, uh, sorry, are considered a misprint. Um, now, there are a bunch of different translation issues that we've seen. Um, the, most, the most common is where the, the, the translation was just a little bit off in the rules text. And so the card, as printed in its native language, roughly works different than it does. Um, there's been... I would actually put it into two camps. There is just translation, you know, issues where it, it's... The person who translated was missing some nuance of something, and so the card, as written, doesn't quite work. And then there's more traditional misprints where, look, we had to print the card again because we're printing in another language, requires reprinting it. The art was wrong, or the power toughness was wrong, or some. As we transition the card over to change it, it just got trans, it got changed over wrong, and so some part of the card, um, like one of the classic misprints was. There's a Drudge Skeleton that got printed with the art of a swamp. Um, and there's been a bunch like that. Um, in fact, a few of the misprints where the art is wrong, um, they're discouraged from playing them because they, the people can misread them as being a different card than they are. Um, also, sometimes the translations, like uh, each of the names is supposed to be unique, meaning in English, for example, we never name a card the same name as another card with the same name. Um, that, that has been broken a few times in languages where, um, you know, not the same person had done the translation. And as magic has advanced, look, there's a lot of card names where somebody will name something not aware that, oh, wait, in this language many, many years ago, uh, the card got made. Now, they now have some databases and stuff to check, check against that. So that doesn't happen very often these days, but uh, it did happen in the past. Um, let's see. I'm almost to work. Any other sort of comments on languages? Um, oh, from a design standpoint, um, it doesn't really impact us too much. We just sort of design the cards in English. Um, the one thing that we are aware of is when we reprint cards, 
Um, there's stuff like uh, if we're going to reprint a card and we're going to give it new art, we got to be careful, for example, of the gender of the card because certain languages, when they uh, give it a name, if it's a male or female, uh, might affect the word they use for the, for the name. And so if we change the art on it, we need to be conscious of what that is so that the, the cards aren't wrong in, in the translation. Um, the other thing that's in, oh, the other thing that's been very interesting is um, when we started printing in other languages, the idea behind it was so we could sell magic in other countries. Um, one of the side effects is it turned out that there's actually a lot of interest in other language cards in, for example, American primarily speaks English. Um, but there was a lot of interest in other language cards uh, in America. Some of it was collectability, just, oh, it's cool, it's another language. Um, the Japanese cards, for example, were, were very popular uh, in the English market, just because they, they, they look very, very different from normal cards. And, you know, the, the, both Chinese and Japanese and Korean, uh, because they're not um, romantic languages, they don't use the same letters, just look very different. Um, they use symbols, you know, the language is based on symbols, so it, it just looks very different. Um, also, uh, I know that there are a lot of clubs, for example, Spanish clubs or French clubs, people who are learning another language and they like to get the card so they can sort of play magic and use that as a means to help learn the language they're playing in. And so I know there's a bunch of those. Um, and also, um, uh, English cards are quite popular, um, because the wording of all high level play is based on the English wording, um, a lot of players in certain countries will try to play with the English cards so they get familiar with the English cards. So I know some of the, um, the, the, the top, you know, in every country where the, the, the top players like to play with English cards, it, it's become a, a thing. Um, but anyway, it's been fun to see and watch, you know. I mean, one of the things that's really, like, like I talk to people all the time about magic, and especially when I'm introducing magic with someone who doesn't know it. Like, I, you know, what do you do for a living? I, I make magic. Well, what's that? Um, one of the things I always tell them very early on is how many languages are printed in because that seems to be a, a nice shorthand way of talking about the global reach of the game that you know when you make a game that's printed in 11 languages that really says hey this is a global game um, and so that that is really cool and over the years I've collected myself um, I, I try to collect all the morrows and all the various languages that it's been printed in um, and there's been various morrows so um, I, I, I think Morrow's been printed in almost every language I've stated today. Um, I think, I think ninth, if ninth edition had Morrow, then it's in Russian. I think ninth edition, I think it had Morrow. I think off the top of my head. Anyway, um, so that, my friends, is everything I can think to say about all the other languages we were printed in. I hope that was interesting. Um, like I said, the challenge here was, this is not my area of expertise. So, um, I hope you're happy. I hope I got my, my, uh, 30 minutes. Yeah, I got 30 minutes in, um, so that, my friends, is all the stuff I know about all the languages we're printed in. I hope this was interesting to you, and uh, I'm now parked. So we know what that means. This is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.